So at 3.02, I would like to call to order the November 16, 2023 Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee meeting. The record should reflect that no members of the PRC are participating remotely. We have no members of the public signed up to speak today. The record shall also reflect that we are members of one or more affected groups and our respective declarations of interest are kept on file in the minutes of the Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee. Normally, we would go to approving the minutes, but we're going to skip over that. I could do the other administrative items while we're waiting for some more folks to come. I think we do have others coming, um, even in the building, so I think we'll be okay. All right, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was the advisory body applications. So everybody's term will expire December 31st, uh, 23, so it's coming up. And I spoke with county administration about the reappointment process. And what they told me was that the board is going to start making nominations at their December 19th meeting. So ideally, uh, applications would be in by noon on Friday, December 8th. So I will send um, an email with the link to the online application form. Thinking probably would be wise in there to say you're seeking reappointment. It is somewhere in that text. So I just want to make you aware of that. That was a little sooner than we expected. Um, so I'm hoping lots of people will want to serve again. When was the board being called? 19th? The board will be on the 19th. That'll be the nomination side. Okay. Um, but the deadline is Friday, December 8th. Yep. At noon. So the, if, so the way it works is that's the first time they'll make nominations. If there are any seats left open, they would make nominations again at the next, you know, keep going. But um, by, if you're interested, probably the best thing to do is get in on that first nomination side. All right, so um, the next thing is this PRC ZOR, or Zoning Ordinance, or you're right, work plan update. I wanted to share some changes that I made. Uh, this was this was sort of initiated by the fact that we had a new board supervisor coming on board, and we tend to do briefing papers, uh, briefing items that explain the projects we have underway. And so, obviously, one of the projects that we're working on is drafting FSM amendments for the zoning ordinance rewrite. So we wrote that up, and uh, Betsy asked that I include an attachment, sort of what's the work plan. So. I went back into our original work plan and I thought, okay, what makes the most sense for the board? And uh, for this, one of the things I did is updated the timeline. Our timeline has been extended. It started in October, but our timeline has been extended to March of 2024 for reviewing the amendments. So I, I made that update. The other thing I changed here, I didn't change the topics, but I took off, we had an asterisk by things that we thought might be 10 memos. That's a little bit premature. We really don't know. And we haven't gotten the authority to do those in our technologies yet. <laughs> so I went ahead and took off those uh, footnotes with asterisks, but I added one for the tree work group. So I just wanted to explain what the tree work group was, and that's kind of what happens here. It just basically says that the director formed the tree work group consisting of nine industry representatives and two PRC members in June of 2023 to review potential based on tree-related issues identified by staff and to support the, the pending. So these are just some minor updates, but I didn't want you to see this. 
this is briefing, particularly new board members. Scroll down a little to those. Yeah. All right. If that's the first time they've seen RSCR and everything. Nobody's new. Yes. Nobody's new. The only new supervisor is Laura Tacroni, and she's been in the board's office for well, that's true. years and years and years. So yeah, I'm sure she's familiar with the, the charts here. District. Okay. I probably should have. Yeah, I should have been like this. <laughs> so, um, so let me just save this as an updated document. But here was the reason I wanted to share it was because I didn't want, I don't know if briefing items go out in a packet, but I didn't want you to see something publicly and, and not understand why it looks somewhat different than the previous work plan that we discussed. So this is really just, just for information. So you're aware. Um, and if the committee would like, I could send this back out, just distribute this updated one. But, right. uh, for Matt and Krishna, just so you know, um, Elizabeth is uh, also getting our meeting today. It's our chair and vice chair. Okay, so I'm going to We're waiting for one more person to get quorum, so we haven't approved minutes and can't take any votes yet. Cody is in the building. He's doing business on the second floor. Well, so it's going to happen. <laughs> Do you hear? Yeah. You heard him? Okay, he's it's up there. Okay, so I'm going to send the updated. By the snacks. Okay. All right, so that was that. Let's go back to. Okay. Um, so we want to skip the minutes for now. Um, oh, and also let me just repeat for advisory body applications. Uh, we're recommending that anybody who wants to reapply submit by noon on December 8th because the board will start hearing nominations on the 19th and I will send an email with a link to the online application. Okay. I just want to retread that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you all about is our meeting schedule. So we have two meetings scheduled in December. No, this was on here. This is a late ad. December 7th and December 21st. And um, I talked to Joe and Kevin, and they were thinking, oh, it'd be nice to cancel the meeting on the 21st. But we have staff who are planning to come on the 21st who are not going to be ready on the 7th. So the question is, could we possibly cancel the 7th and the 21st and have our meeting on Thursday, December 14th at the usual time? The room happens to be available. It's cooperating. So I'm just wondering if that would be possible, if you all would be able to attend, if we could get a quorum on December 14th from 3 to 5. Staff is coming. We, we have yeah. um, natural resources division staff scheduled yeah, to come. come in with their three findings. Actually, yes, and I'm planning to submit them early. You're going to get them in advance, maybe as soon as tomorrow, <laughs> um, so that you'll have time to provide comments back. They're going to request comments back before the meeting and try to you know, prepare for the discussion. It's not all of the tree-related items. You know, they'll be here several times, but it is their first time coming, um, and some of those things are coming out of the tree work group, but they're all zoning ordinance related items. You know, we're on a timeline, so we would like to be on the 14th. It was possible. No, I think so. No. I can't make it. I can't make it. 
Keith's a no. Do we have any other no's? Everybody else is not a yes. Yes, I can Keith, would it be possible for you to phone in or you just booked? Uh, I've got a three o'clock that uh, I might be able to switch. I might, I mean, worst case scenario, I might have to leave a little early, but I can be here for sure at okay. the start of the meeting. Okay. All right, but that's looking possible. And I also need to send out invitations for next year. I know people are probably starting to notice because they're looking into next year. I haven't done it yet. We had approved the schedule. It's basically the same. First of their Thursday, three to five. So I will send out the 2024 meeting advice. Um, or I'm going to email you right now from when I, so I switch companies. Okay. For um, question, I, do I need to update my disclosure form because I switch companies? Let me look into that. Let me see. Okay. What do you urge to do it? But if nothing has changed, you should, like it, it would do it. Let me look at it because if you are still affiliated with the same groups, I don't know. I feel like I would update it. Yeah, I mean, I'm affiliated with a different company would be the only change. So I just didn't. Um, it just. That's a good idea. I have no idea what's on that form because I didn't. Yeah, I'm trying to do a mental picture, but let me just send you the form so you can update it. Okay. Thank you. And I'll send your email. Your email me. You're sending your email address. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're still one member short. Should we go up? Go up, Steve. I think we can start side. Okay. Well, we can start discussing, right? Okay. Yeah, we can start discussing this. I just circle back to the minutes. When... All right, so. Sidewalks. We're back to sidewalks. So, okay, so you saw what I did last night. After the meeting, I was like, let me clean this up. Let's send it out. We'll see if anybody has comments. I think I got four or five sets of comments back, um, which was good. And then Krishna, Joe, and I met. Um, and we reviewed the comments and we made the edits that I sent to you all that I tried to you know, highlight in yellow, but I sent you the clean version also. So what I thought we would do, Krishna has kindly volunteered to walk us through these amendments as our leader of our subgroup <laughs> and kind of, you know, talk about the things we changed, you know, why we changed them. Um, there. This is the version Krishna has them in yellow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and Laura, thank, thanks for the comments. I think some of them were missing, so we kind of added um, some additional text. But just going through the edit since last time, we discussed not, so that's an action item on Laura's board, and that's approved. It did lead, otherwise, we'll leave it as it's so that, that's still there. Um, in the definitions, as we read more about shared use path and shared use way, the definitions sounded the same. So the only real difference between the two is the way that we clarified that in the definition. I mean, 10 feet wide is a shared use path, and if it's only six feet, then it's a shared use tool. Just clarification tense. 
or did you have you had any kind of feedback on NUX? So no, I have not yet uh, received feedback on NUX, but we have reached out to Department of Planning and Zoning. Um, I just my only concern is the time yeah. because they're coming out with their packets for the December 13th board hearing soon. So if it doesn't happen, yep. we've only got it in two places. We've got it in the intro and then other trails. So we can just leave it like that for now. So I've left it this way until I hear otherwise. But if they can make that change, I mean, the, hey, the packet hasn't gone out yet. I'm the eternal optimist. It's a minor change. I'm still going to say they could do it, but we'll see what happens. I can keep going down, right? You already covered all of that. Right, so I'm going to go for the next yellow thing. Yep. So that was a game. That's in shades. Add text, so I just wanted to be consistent. So that's just sidewalk or shared use path. We have missed that update. We're in the sidewalk section now. So now we are, yeah, now we are in the sidewalk section. Um, this got added, I guess, right, Laura? This is from you, Krishna. Correct. Earlier, um, so I went back and looked at VDOT standards. VDOT standards have been revised. I don't know when the revision happened, but um, but it's the same. It's, it's about the cross section of the sidewalk. Minimum depth is four, four inches concrete, but if the sidewalk is right next to a curb and the curb is a four inch curb, then they require seven inch depth of concrete. And the reason is because of if, if it's a roll on curb, then the chances of somebody going over the sidewalk is like a, a vehicle going over the sidewalk. I think this from a maintenance standpoint, the figure that needs to be seven inches. So that's added in that last submission. I did a little bit of research on other jurisdictions and I saw this in other jurisdictions. So. You did have to, yeah. Yeah. You made the text on the left next to the curve. Is that, if there's a bug bumper here, did that also apply? No, no, this is only if it's uh, again, if it's if it's a six inch curve, it doesn't apply, but if it's only a like a four inch curve abutting, that is only when it applies. You don't mention the word abutting. In conjunction with the rope top curve? Yeah, it's in conjunction with the that's fine. So that's the intent, okay. Yeah, we don't have a typical section that shows like a the different. We don't have that, but that's if that's not clear, we just have to make it clear. You're okay, with the yeah. okay, this is a key inspired color. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one is about the while long we talked about the cross globe. Um, but we never talked about a longitudinal grade of the sidewalk. So we added that text maximum grade 5%. Oh, okay. 
Any sidewalk installed has to be 5%. Beyond 5%. And, uh, any sidewalk installed has to be less than 5%. The road. But it's, it can't exceed, it just, you'd have to follow hashtag guidelines, whatever that means. Yeah. So what that means is that you could have aligning areas, but every 30 feet, you have seven different. Is the five, let me ask Krishna, is the 5% in, because the way I'm reading this makes it sound like it's in relation to 5% differential from the grading of the road. You're saying 5% period. 5% period. Yeah. And again, if it's, if it's next to the road, it follows the road. If the road is doing 7%, sidewalk follows it, 7%. And typically what they do is they put a, a handrail in those areas. So why are we, like, you're basically saying all sidewalks have to be defined. I think that's true. This is another jurisdiction, so I might have to fish for it. So it's everywhere. I the sidewalk. In my mind, wherever you put the sidewalk, okay. This would apply to sidewalks, but not necessarily shared use paths, right? Even shared use paths have the same criteria. 5% is the maximum longitudinal grading. For how, 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 uh, what's the typical linear distance that grading is measured on to get the, if I'm making sense? Anywhere. Anywhere. Just anywhere. Anywhere. Said more than violation. But I mean, that's again, you're getting into ADA here. You're not, I don't believe every sidewalk installed has to be ADA compliant. Keith asked Key phrases. No, I, I'm wrong. I, I don't remember bringing this up the sidewalk piece. I mean, I think if something's part of a road, it can exceed 5%. Yeah. But I'm with Brian, I, mean, I don't know why we would limit every sidewalk to be ADA compliant. Where, where, where would you have a sidewalk? Residential section, you have a lead walk or a puppy walk. Do you have a sidewalk that's taking you from the front of the house to the back of the house? And front door to back door? You're never going to get that to be boxed Commercial buildings next to their loading areas, they often have steep slopes that are. You know, for carts, but are not ADA compliant. This this is not ADA compliant. It doesn't call it out, but it calls out five percent as a requirement. I wouldn't even mention ADA. At this point. So we okay. That, that's the right. Exactly. Like I this. I ask another question. So we all all this there was this maximum cross slope criteria. But that's talking more about this. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. so then why is that there? Yeah. Well, because I mean, 
but right. at a certain point you're walking up the wall. Yeah, right? and cross the thing is the thing that pretty much universally implemented. I do get concerned too about like the ability to I mean, you know, you brought up some good examples of but you know, even just in general, I mean, there's just some areas I can think of plenty of residential areas where there's a shared use path that, you know, definitely way more than 5%. And, you know, thinking about those areas, and there's not really much you could have done to get it. You know, there's there's no space for mitigation. There's nothing you could have done to change the grade, but it doesn't mean that having a shared use path there isn't worth having, right? I think it's, I mean, you know, think of a couple of places in the Cascades where there's, just, there's a shared use path. And yeah, if you're in a wheelchair, you're probably not using that shared use path, but, you know, for everyone else, it's really nice that it's there. And they've, you know, striped it out and stuff so that people, you know, know that the road is, you know, coming up. But yes, so again, this is there are several places where a five percent cannot be met and changes for more cannot be met. There are actual guidelines where you can provide the So that's that's one of the mitigation measures, the ramp system. And again, I'm not it's getting into that mitigation. So Leesburg's manual does have this. It's under public sidewalk section. No? Yeah. yeah. It's under public. So it's so, only for public. Correct. And at least that at least that allows for stairs. They carved out a <laughs> carved out an option for stairs because it sounds like if we're following astro guidelines, we're not necessarily in a way, aren't we just on standards, not just for public Ours the way ours is written is that they're equal. We just made that change for public and private designed to the same standard, but we couldn't caveat this if that's part of the discussion. If we want a longitudinal slope, it's possible you could caveat it. Um, I'm just spinning through to see from others. I, I wasn't just looking at Leesburg. I checked Prince William and didn't see anything. So I snuck into Leesburg and then I was going to look at Fairfax. Just, I just happen to have these because of our research. So I thought, eh, let's just look. I just think there's Probably lots of examples where you would maybe want a side that had more than five percent grade. And this is written in a way where you wouldn't be able to can't do that. Does Vito have anything on this? Because we are actually speed up. Oh, VDOT says exactly what that is. It's, it's, it's five, again, VDOT is public sidewalks and it's all 88 compliant. So that's where that 5% comes from. So we're referencing VDOT. So in the absence of putting this text in there. Uh, that's what, but I think if you have it in for public sidewalks, I have no concern. But when you apply it to every sidewalk, yeah. But we could, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I it's not good for your argument. We, we can take it out because that's covered under VDOT standards, so we don't have to do that. So maybe that's the way it's operating today, that people are just constructing into VDOT standards if it's public and if it's private, there's no longitudinal self-requirement. I just thought, because 
And Keith, you kind of inspired this with your question, but um, I don't think it hurts to have longitudinal slope where I'm in here because if anybody brings us that has that question. If you're trying to do that on public sidewalks or adjacent to private category A, B, or C roads, maybe it's okay. What is the problem this is trying to solve? What problem do we have today that this is going to solve? What are we doing this? It's going to it's going to cause problems at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it just was percent is a is a slope for an accessible route. There's that's the only thing that that apply that it should apply to. And accessible routes are covered under ADA or under ANSI's so Fair Housing Act. So it. I don't see why. I don't see what problem we're trying to, to solve here. It's just missing. Question was, what are the longitudinal slope requirements if you're not going to start Broadway? And we didn't know the answer. Well, it's also missing, then there isn't one. I think well, it's also, isn't it? It's trying to provide some flexibility when it deviates from the road slope of the road. But the, the right. deviation is trying to get us to is that ramp landing system. So you're saying if I can't put it, if I have an 8% sidewalk, I now got to do a ramp landing system to make that up. Well, we just have the word public. Going back to Pete. Grades on public sidewalks. Sidewalks in the public access season, though. So what does that have to say? Public sidewalk because a lot of developments now are putting public access seasons over like the whole property, right? But if there is a public access easement, should that be ADA compliant? No. Well, no. It's still like what what's happening a lot on the legislative side is because everything is infill now. So we're getting the question of well, who's going to have access to these facilities? And we say, well, these facilities are for for the the you know the development that's being proposed. And oftentimes we end up getting into a conversation about well. We really wouldn't have any harbor if the existing residents around us also utilized, you know, say the top line. Well, then the question is, well, how can you guarantee that they'll have access to the top? Okay, well, we'll put an access easement over the top lot, but then it's like, how do they get to the top? So you end up putting in a public access easement over all of your recreational amenities and all of your sidewalks and trails and all of in your residence. And and that's fine because it solves a problem, you know, it, it solves the legal problem of ensuring that existing residents will have access to the facilities as you've said that they would publicly. My question then on this whole thing then is if we put public sidewalks there, if, if you've got it, because the whole thing is like a lot of times you're, you know, you might have a sidewalk where the grade exceeds 5%. And like, I just think there's lots of places where that occurs where it, you know, basically now you wouldn't be able to put a sidewalk there. And I think I just don't know if we want to like, hamstring ourselves from not being able to construct sidewalks in places just because we can't quite meet that grade requirement. I don't I don't necessarily think I have an issue with the public. I mean you're the, the route you're going means that adjacent community you're only allowing non-ADA residents to access the facility. I I feel like there would be an obligation to provide access to that facility in all parties. So that's why I think the word public is important there. You give them a route to that facility that's accessible. But there's situations where sidewalks are. 
Right. So, but but in that, so but to take that just one step further. So, because you, you're like you're saying, we have an obligation to provide an accessible route, which I would I wouldn't disagree with. But that may only be one route, but with no more. Yeah, but having one route to get you there. Yeah, but yeah. now all of my sidewalks, because they're in this public access easement, have to. But there are guidelines called profile public right away guidelines and that all the ADA compliance has kind of merging into provide guidelines. So whenever you have public rights away and you have pedestrian access, they need to meet provide guidelines. And this is one. So it's it's a real nuance, right? Because a lot of times these aren't they're not public right of way. They're private roads, privately maintained, privately owned with a public access easement placed over top of them. Again, and I know that that is conflictatory. Jason, are you hearing this conversation about if we put a sidewalk in a public access easement, would it be considered public, even if it's privately owned and maintained? Um, I've only loosely been following the uh, conversation what does it have to do with being public? Yeah, the question, so just to ask it directly, the question would be if a private sidewalk, if a sidewalk that was on a private, you know, adjacent to a privately maintained, privately owned road was under a public access easement, would that sidewalk be considered public or or private? I mean, that, that was not the issue, Matt, because your, your subject, it says that, that you are making next to them. You're doing whatever grade of the road is. With adjacent to the road, I'm not worried about it because it's the road that one's these ones that meander away from the road that we're saying. Well, all right, I'll amend my my statement then. So just a sidewalk that's under a, a you know privately maintained sidewalk that's under a public access easement is that considered a public sidewalk? Um, if there's the public access easement, oh man, I would say so. Yes. So, so then the public, the public access requirement should apply. Well, it would apply, and I don't. I, I I agree with him that it would, and that's why I'm concerned because I don't think adding public solves the problem. It solves. There's so many of these developments are doing that now, and I can think of a lot that have already done it, and they weren't contemplating this problem when they made that commitment. They could run into issues down the road. But we, I mean, right now. Right now, there's no requirement. No, but the way this draft is worded, you're meeting BDOT standards for all sidewalks, public or private. So you're in that boat, regardless of whether we put longitudinal standards in or not. Even if it's a private sidewalk? All private sidewalks are meeting public requirements. They're meeting BDOT requirements. But you're saying this would apply yeah. to shared use paths too. Yeah. What destructive that she had right talked about it is sidewalks. Maybe they don't talk to us, you're saying, because they're not in the road right away? I don't know. What destructive sidewalks within VDOT right away? Because we don't, so you all remember we had a citizen come in and speak with us about some concerns right. about construction and the concrete mix that was used, right. and it might have been deficient, causing problems in an accident. So 
we agree as a committee we would require all sidewalks to be built to the but this one says that's struck that's I, I understand but you're saying previously the requirement applied to private sidewalks but this seems to say that those are the sidewalks that we no i'm saying in the draft regardless of this if we take this out you're still going to have to meet the, the VDOT requirements. Now, if VDOT is silent on longitudinal slope, then it's a non-issue. No, it's not deadlock thing. Their statement applies to all sidewalks? Yeah. All VDOT sidewalks? Yes. Okay, what about VDOT sidewalks? It doesn't talk about VDOT sidewalks. Yeah, VDOT doesn't care about that. We do. Yeah, that's why we need to say something about what we want. That we want thinking about, like, Concrete. I mean, the, the citizen had an issue about crumbling and maintenance. I don't think we realized that we, if we said that, we were extending it to things like slope, right? So we we did one thing and it opened some possible, else. but maybe most of them are okay. You know, it may just be this one. I don't know. But, I, but adding public sidewalks. Uh, that that gets us out. I think that yeah, does get us out of it. I think that that gets us back into only for public sidewalks. Do you have a longitudinal slope requirement? But then we're back to Matt's issue of, but I'm putting a public access easement for access to the top lot, and I don't want to have to do the mitigation. Now maybe we should talk a little bit more about the mitigation. Doug spoke about landings. Then so I don't know how long you have mitigation, but they can do so. Then you're starting to expand. Well, I'm just thinking maybe maybe in this discussion, if we understood what the mitigation measures were, wouldn't it be that big of a deal? I would say, I, would, I mean, I feel like maybe you could, we could address my concern because you say you had that already out of the word public. So grades on public sidewalks that are not part of the roadway typical section or have an independent alignment shall not exceed 5% measured parallel to the direction of travel for routes deemed as accessible routes to amenities within a site or something like that. Where are we having sidewalk problems today that this is going to help with? We do. That, uh, really, the question is the why, why do you well, I think we desperately need it now because if we're just saying private sidewalks have to meet public requirements and the public requirements are to have this 5% slope, we got to say something. We've not said anything for all these years. What bad things happen? We're, it's not that bad things happen, Cody. It's that we're saying private sidewalks have to meet public standards now. And that's going to throw you right into this Washington slope issue when you submit your review. And we're going to tell you, I can't be more than 5% anyway. Unless you put it in here and you say, Public only, and then staffs reviewing it, and we say, "Oh, this is a what will throw us into what will throw us into five percent." This text requires all sidewalks to be VDOT standards. Why did we just not leave the way it was and just get rid of the text? Because the question that came in, <laughs> there was a comment more than one, I believe, that said, "What are the longitudinal slope requirements for sidewalks and charters?" Pass. And we went, I don't know. Do you know? Good comment from, those, from this committee, you're saying? This committee. From this committee. There were members on this committee to ask this question. They didn't know. What are the longitudinal slope requirements? I mean, 
Okay. I'll go back to the public the standard should apply to private sidewalks. Yes. When did we make that decision? I mean, I remember about six yeah, months ago. It's been a while. It's been a while. So and now you're saying the knock-on effect of that is we now have to create a slope requirement for private sidewalks. I think that's you know the, the unanticipated consequence of said that private sidewalks have to be beat out standards. All sidewalks said that they had to but it always had to meet those standards. Private sidewalks. We had right in right away. Okay. We had some. I mean, most people were doing it. That's why everybody's like, "Oh, we're doing it anyway." So I think all the plans always have some note. Right. It says you got to use speed out specs to get the plans. Should we table this and come back to it? Do we want to take a straw poll vote and see where we are as a group? Clearly, don't have consensus. But where are we? I've lost. We also worry of doing all of this. We spent all that time on definitions. What's a shit path, trail, whatever. If this is the first and only time we use the term public sidewalk, have we added a, a definitional need up front when we started with sidewalk as if they were all one thing? The thing I'm worried about is are we limiting ourselves to what can be constructed? Does I can't. This is kind of saying I can't do stairs. This is saying I can't do a slope more than five percent. And there's going to be sidewalks that we need that have those elements. We want to put the, some of these bring where stairs are employed. No. No Leesburg language. You know, I think ADA, ADA federal ADA. government has very clear guidelines. If that's what we're trying to get to, then that's what we should be referencing. And I think we need to take a step back and identify what is it we are trying to address with this section. Is it to ensure ADA compliance? Is it to ensure okay. something that's been added to the zoning ordinance that has added some complexity? And then when we figure out what it is we're trying to address, it may be a very simple answer. The comment was, what are the longitudinal slope requirements that sound? You're doing a rewrite of the sidewalk section. What is the longitudinal slope requirement? We don't have one. So it's an answer. I mean, it does, it does sound like we don't, because it sounds like the places where you would need one, there's already a whole bunch of other regulations that would force you to follow that. And it's going to tell you to, yeah, I don't want that. I mean, but I think by writing, by writing this, we're, we're potentially the, you know, the ripple affecting this is, you know, where there's no way we could caveat this in a way that would make it workable. Is, is, are we trying to achieve ADA requirements here? Yep. Let's answer that question. So no. the answer is no. This is not an ADA requirement. So where is this requirement coming from? As I understand the question, the question was asked by someone who we don't who, who we don't know who asked right. that question. Yeah. So yeah. The question I mean, we need to rewrite rewrite the whole paragraph on there if what's there hasn't isn't creating problems today. We've all no. designed lots of sidewalks that aren't adjacent yeah. to a roadway and you know, design them so that they work with the grade and put steps in. 
So can that be the, the other option as we revert back to just what we had all along yeah. and say that comment has been discussed and committee's comfortable? If you do that, the committee's comfortable saying there is no management. And, and, and Longitudinal slope will, like, is it's public sidewalk anyway. They have to go to DDA, DDA, the same language. So we will be okay, even if you don't add it. But if you want clarity, that's where we put that in because that question came up. Right. But as a group of people decide, no, that's going to create additional trouble than we see what we had, still going to result in the same design. But I don't think people here are hearing what you're saying, Krishna. Because what Krishna's saying is if we take it out, you still have to meet BDOT standards. Adjacent so we're still in feet out right away. No, for all sidewalks. Well, um, well, well that's, that's what it says. says. Where? Right. Well, that's, let's look at that then. Uh, maybe that's what needs to change. Sidewalks, right here. That was agreed to a long time ago. I did not change it. Kristen did not change it. None of us changed that. So okay. here they say, we talk about yeah, we're fine. Here. Nothing's changed. And if there's not a the right of way, not a meetup. It's not often. Right. But that's new tax. Well, yeah. That's new, new tax. tax. That's not in the FSM right now. That's new tax, and that does not say if you're in a meetup right away. And what Laura's saying is how she's going to enforce that once that's to be part of the FSM is that every sidewalk that ever gets built now, you can hear on four, so that's meetup. I don't think we need to do that sidewalk that runs across the site. There's nothing in there that's going to, that, that I'm aware of that is going to hurt us. Um, we need to differentiate between what, you know, are there two types of sidewalks, those that are VDOT compliant and those that are not? This doesn't differentiate. All right, well, so, so this was added because the person who complained and said the sidewalks were falling apart because they were built right. poorly. We tried to only reference one manual, which was the manual that talked about the concrete mix. Yep. And then in a previous committee meeting, we agreed we were going to reference all the manuals yeah, and public standards. But we did that. Well, we did do that. So we did not admit that. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> and that's where we find ourselves. Wasn't the reason for that mentioning of all the manuals because of how we done is all just kind of. Around. No, I'm not, I'm not just change the sidewalks in the VDOT right of way. We can't because we, we were doing this correction for this person and we agreed to that. Can't we? We agreed to this. We want to try to solve this problem with the concrete mix and everybody agreed we construct all sidewalks to VDOT standards. The standard and we don't repeat the requirement. Right. So why are we repeating the requirement of 5%? We, I just took it out. Yeah. Okay. I deleted it. Based on the so, so so it's deleted. But what Krishna is saying is, based on this other text, it possibly is still a standard. You just aren't seeing it. So we're just having a conversation. Well, of all those various manuals, some of them only talk about the mix, and others get into longitudinal. So shoot, have we, have we, that's what I was saying before. Did we overreach by citing all these when we only really wanted to talk about the cross section? Yeah. That's where the we started. Consequence of what we so, Yes, we should go back. So, so, so what we're saying is sidewalks within VDOT right away or public right. We have to differentiate sidewalks somehow. Does the VDOT regulation differentiate sidewalks? Are we doing something here we don't need to do? Uh, you have the original, so the original text in the FSM defined. You know, 
sidewalks in the right of way, sidewalk outside. The right. We don't. We don't. Did we strike all that? Or? Yes. We did that months ago in response to this, or a year or two ago in response to the citizens' concerns. I think what we should do, Krishna, Joe, and I can go back. We'll figure it out. I, I think I understand what the committee's saying. Yeah. You understand it. Yeah, we just need to separate it. We're good with that material. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to find that. In right of way versus outside right of way. We'll go backwards. That's where we were. I can probably find the text, yeah. the original spell text, and just read the statement. Just outside. Not, not from the text. No, the original revised text. The this was the first time about construction. Yeah. That's how yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you got to be careful when we say public sidewalk. Well, Victoria, it's more than that. Jason, I find that the question of the private sidewalk, I realize that we have public access easements on stuff inside, and they're not deemed public. They're still a private thing that we get a public access easement on them for some reason. If they're public, then the public's maintaining them. That's which is okay with me. If everything going in a public access easement gets maintained by the public, uh, fantastic. Maintained well, by the HLS, that's not the way it works. Private. Right, but wait, public. let me think we're over that. I mean, we're not yeah. being more public. So I think we know what yes. we want to do. Basically, we're going back. The comment was we should reference more. I think it's Peter's comments on here. We should reference more VDOT manuals than we referenced originally. And now you're saying, no, 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 go back. To the one you referenced about the materials. And yeah, I think yeah, I understand this, you know, what you want to do. Property max replacement was incorrect. Yeah. Substandard something. So I think we're okay. So it's a good discussion. But I think we can easily retread that. That's not going to be a problem. Um, I'll go back to the prior draft. And so it would just stay like it is today. The sidewalk longitudinal slope shall be consistent with the adjacent roadway. And everybody seems good with that. Everybody's good. Okay. The reason I'm saying we don't want to change that, so we've already voted as a corporate body on that other list. So I'd like to bring it back to you and have you look at it before we abort. All right, going on. We're going to be into shared use paths now. There are a couple changes here. Again, so shared use path in my mind that most of the time shared use path and ninety percent of the time we will be in speed up quite a bit. If it's not, then most likely you will be able to change it straight because narrow event. But this one, that's why like um earlier there is uh, the section had four inches um first um, I think that was to be six and two inches as well. That's that's we got standard. I think I've referenced a couple other map notes there too. Force too light, anyway. Was that force too light? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that was an error. I think that was carried within the front of the fall. Like you pretty much took the sidewalk and put it there. So. so I put a note in the margin. So when it's struck out four, it doesn't look struck out. It looks in like 46, but it really, the four is gone and it's six. Yeah. So four goes to six, 1.5 goes to two. And then two, we deleted. There's that maximum rate again. 
have a feeling that's going away. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. The same note there. So. Um, and then, so we struck. We also struck the concrete option, and just put it as alternate sections may be approved by the director because it, it was just. Well, you remember this conversation last time that we were talking about what are the design standards for a concrete shared use path? How frequent are the joints? How thick is this? I mean, we started like writing a manual all about concrete shared use paths, and we were like, most people aren't going to do concrete shared use paths, and if they're going to, we'll just cover it with the alternate sections. So that's the logic. What's that by the director? Is that just a determination and review? Either you put in that we preference ACI standards or something, because it's not like there's no standards for. For concrete pathways, it's just so. It doesn't require a variation. Otherwise, it's yeah. Anything you can think about with concrete has been described by ACI, so there's a standard for for everything. Okay, so I think we got through one, two. We're okay with subsections I through IB, right? Get a flag D as well. Yeah, say that again. Section D. Oh, cool. Much under, sorry. The maximum grade. Oh, yeah, D. Yeah, we're not there yet. Sorry. Oh. Okay. I'm assuming that's going. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. That's the same discussion we had. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to. Um, I should have shown that as a straight through, but I'll just think of that. But that's gone. All right. And then. Let me think I know where I forget it. Share to be this path. Longitudinal slope standard. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah, we're really quick. I had a question over here. I was concerned that this read like this is only shared use, shared use trails are only allowed in the mid block passageway. And I want to make sure they were allowed elsewhere. So we had a conversation, Joe Christian and I, and they felt like, no, this doesn't preclude that. It says shared use trails are a part of the mid block passageway for the zoning lines that are intended to accommodate both bicycles and pedestrians. And we actually were going to require them later in the section adjacent to shoulder and ditch roadways. So I just want to make sure everybody's reading it the same way. That is, it's allowed. It's not limited to mid-block. Okay, everybody's reading it that way? Okay. That was my question. Um, so we sort of generalized, right? That's what this next thing. All shared use trials are printed equally. They're six feet, doesn't matter if they're in or outside. Correct. Because we have another section, trails, which is the shared use trail. Like once it's less than six feet, it's, it's just a trail, which falls under number seven. And then this this text here was, was relocated. It was in the like, earlier section about facility design, 
but because we have actually a shared use trails section now, it seemed to make sense that it should be under that section. So this is the, the green is relocated text. So it's existing FSM text that's just been moved. This was above and it's been moved down. This is that whole open section roadway conversation that we have. Should I get us through number seven? Yeah, I think one last change in paper seven is uh, under D. Um, design guidelines and planning time of plan approval. Like, so this is earlier text that at the time of construction compared to this. Uh, this was a comment that Kevin submitted. He was concerned that you could get your plan approved and then go to construct it and need to do a plan amendment. If, if they changed their guidelines. That is it on sidewalks. So we have to bring it back again. <laughs> but it should be pretty straightforward because that text we've seen before. Um, so the action item is only like differentiate between within right of the beta right of the end. Yeah. And we do have we do have yeah, we have I think we can revert back to that and we'll look at it and come back. So we just have that one one amendment and we'll bring it back. Um, one more quick look. Now, Elizabeth, I don't want to. Um, Joe wanted me to specifically have a conversation about your comment about illumination and have you give you an opportunity to clarify what that issue was. At the end of last meeting, Keith and Angela were noticing if you get to the mid-block passageway section, hold that up. Yeah, okay. But does that mean that there's an arm section? It's not sounding. So again, we were working on the assumption up until a couple of weeks ago that mid-block passageways were crossing streets. And then we got clarity that they're from street to street in all except rural, right? through this so you get way down and we noticed this toward the end of the last meeting um must be eliminated at night and again when you're thinking about mid-block passageways not i'm not talking about one loud one i'm talking about you know some of these what does that you know mean that we're running street lights ball i mean it just seemed like that was not could not have been contemplated so Joe, Joe's not here, but the conversation, Christian, I can correct me if I'm wrong, but the conversation that we had with that, there may be some additional discussions about do mid-block passages really apply to everything in rural. Those conversations may be happening. Um, that's what he implied. Uh, I don't know all the details, but <laughs> the second thing was he felt like this could be kind of a slippery slope if we start getting into illumination standards of the FSM. For different types of oh, I wasn't proposing that we get. <laughs> he was like, is she just commenting on the zoning ordinance text, or is she talking about we should do standards and that stuff? So that was the clarification he was looking for. I mean, if it's if it's not too late, I mean, it really should. But if this stays in the zoning ordinance rewrite, then I think somebody's going to come to us and say, well, what do you mean eliminated if I when I'm out in the transitional area or whatever? It seems to me like 
I don't, I can be generally how these things go is if you don't have more detailed standards and zoning or service them, there must be some kind of zoning determination. What's, what's illuminated now and how much illumination? Right now it's open, right? Yeah, it could be illuminated by moonlight. <laughs> no, cloudy, no cloudy nights allowed. Doesn't need it. So no, to Joe's question, I was not proposing that we start. No, new standards. Okay, that's fun. It's a pitfall waiting to happen. So he did, um, we want to reassure that that comment has been raised in the appropriate forums. Oh, I don't know what the outcome of that will be. So we didn't put anything on it. No, we didn't do that. Now, I anybody? think that that kind of zoning text, I think that like, even I think in pedestrian tunnels, they have to be eliminated for that meeting. Has it been communicated how can we change that? That entire thing is like the zoning setup. I mean, like, I just, I mean, all of us that work in this industry on a day by day basis, and it's just like none of us could tell you when that applies, what it even means, what does it look like. Yeah. I mean, it's just so undefined. I don't yeah. even know. Do, do, did it happen? Do I mean, they? Did it tell you the DPC, but I'm, maybe to elected officials or through organizations? I'm not to be facetious, but like, just so, like if we brought zoning staff in here, they could could they describe to me in layman terms what this would be and when it would apply? Because I have no idea. I can't really answer that, but it's a big concern I have. I mean, this is like what I do for a living, and I have no idea what that says. I, mean, I, mean, I have to say, the work of this committee, I think we've come a long way in our. We've done all we can yeah. in the FSM right. to address this. Yes. I have no qualms with that. Yeah. I just, as a member of this committee that has been entrusted by the public through my appointment to this committee, I'm just throwing up the chain, real concerned about this particular section of the zoning ordinance. Not because I don't think that perhaps it may be. A great idea. I just I think that perhaps this is meant to apply in very limited circumstances, and it is written in such a way that it could potentially apply to just like you know an unlimited number of circumstances. It applies everywhere. Yeah. Well, who who is going to do It's going to come down to a, a staffer to say that he meet this requirement. So, Alvin's going to propose something. Staffs have to review it. Illumination is not an FSM. It will be a zoning requirement, likely reviewed by the zoning staff. But they're going to have to put a definition. It could be a bollard line. It doesn't have to be a main. It could be like a guiding one. But still, there could be a lot of them, depending when you're out of the every bit block trail, which is everywhere in the county. where. Plans are going to get submitted out. Really it's not a bubble of light. No way plans are going to get approved in two. He's just gave you the hard stare, but he was talking about illuminating mid block passageways. Yeah, I noticed. And she's like, it's in the zoning line. I think my question answer about it, right? And we just heard that there's nothing. So if you have some more new issues, you need to keep track of them and get them to DPC. But this no more before adoption. Yes, we do. Be not following the adoption. Um, but 
Um, Can we define it? I, I don't know. I don't know. So Elizabeth said that's where not we get in trouble. <laughs> where we get in trouble. Really, putting like the whole sidewalk issue we just had, you keep trying to go further down the rabbit hole to address everything, and you can't. And so we have to be careful as we're looking at the language at the center to remember all the other regulations that are out there that already addressed it. And if we try and readdress it, and they change their mind, um, so so have to be careful. Yeah, that's my great advice. <laughs> that's excellent advice. So we so we are not going to do elimination standards. We clarified. He just wanted to make sure that that we really actually what the intent was, because he was like, it could be this or it could be this, and we talked about both. <laughs> and he had that comment about. It's the only words that we talked about. Yes, We're not going to put it in that. It's just a crazy requirement. That's all. No. Um, is, is there anybody here who feels like we did not address your sidewalk comment? I, I don't want to just close this discussion. Um, anybody here who provided comment who felt like you didn't address my comment? Yeah. All right. So I think we're good. I appreciate all the feedback. And Krishna and Joe volunteering yeah. to work on this as a group. We've come a really long way. There are big discussions. Laura, can I suggest since we are just a quorum that we jump back and approve the minutes <laughs> in case we lose anybody? Yes, you may, acting chair. I love that suggestion. <laughs> All right, so I can put minutes on the screen and do a quick walkthrough, or somebody can make a motion, whichever you prefer. Just let me know. You can call me to do either. Yeah, motion to approve. So we can see where we are. We made it through sidewalks. We are like right on time. Look at this. Okay. All right, so now we had a couple other matrix items that we want to talk about. These are pretty brief, straightforward ones. Um, let me try to back up because it's been a while since I've done this. This is the PRC referral comment matrix. So these were the original PRC comments. There are also issues that staff have identified, planning and zoning staff have identified. Um, so BD staff and planning and zoning staff. But I'm trying to finish up your matrix first <laughs> before we move on. So we're this close if we get these three down. So the first one pertains to utilities, then we're talking about ordinary high water mark and geotechnical study for CTP roads. And I thought the easiest way to do this was to kind of put some notes together because I sent you like a lot of pages of sense. I don't know if everybody got to look at it, but I sent you chapter two and three for utilities and six and eight. But the gist of this is that the zoning ordinance changes the term communal water and sewer to community. That's very nice of them to do that. Appropriate. Brandon says it's appropriate. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of um, was surprising to me because there are places in the FSM where it says communal, formerly community. And now it seems like we're going back to community, formerly communal. So this is potentially a problem because We've got a definition of a zoning ordinance that doesn't meet the drinking water state standards for community. 
for a community system. And so the way it was before, communal helped to address that, even though Lab Waters EDM calls it a community system. Um, we're going to need to keep some distinction between what is a community system in the health department's world versus what it is in the zoning ordinance. Um, <laughs> the, the health department, um, BDH, uh, well, Virginia law that governs waterworks defines a community, uh, a community system, and it includes um, anything that serves more than uh, 15 attachment. Um, 15 uh, equivalent dwelling units or 25 year-round population. So there are, for example, a brewery may have a well that is a community well. There, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25. So 2-5. So community well um, in Every other definition in the state is not the same thing as what um, there's overlap where in all likelihood what the, what the zoning ordinance is calling a community well would qualify as a community well in the state standards, but there are wells that are community wells in the state standards that are not community wells in the, in the EDM or in the zoning ordinance. But if we do, if we go by the zoning ordinance definition of community, and it's limiting. Are we okay? If we're putting what I read that you sent out, one, it kind of didn't make sense because it was saying that was in chapter that was a chapter eight requirement, right? Yeah, I, I have it here. Yeah. So it's like this individual. So community. Yeah. So um, if development is served by community water system, blah blah, um, must be offered by cloud water. Okay, that's not the chapter eight part, right? That's the zoning ordinance. Oh, this is the zoning ordinance. Yeah. So let's look at the oh, chapter. the chapter eight? You're specifically that the plat requirement. The chapter eight. Um, the 8103 of 8103 and so, by definition, what's in the zoning ordinance, which we're implementing with the FSM, all of all community systems in the zoning ordinance have to be maintained by the water. You're you have to, even a well. Right. What's, right what the what Loud County zoning ordinance defines as community center, community water has to be maintained by Loud Water, and that's in the current. You know, it used to be as a communal system. All communal systems have to be maintained by loud water um, or public public entity. Um, so you've got a brewery or you've got uh, some commercial use. I mean, a lot of commercial uses that um, that would meet or uh, a resort, for example, would be another one um, that might have a community well um, by the state standards. They're not going to meet the community standards and the in the zoning ordinance, so it's creating that. So I think this could be confusing and end up regulating something that isn't intended to be regulated. I don't know how to fix that one other than, a, other than if 
Just gotta pick something. I'll I'll send you something. And we can order that because that's yeah. really directly. Well, maybe that explains why it's a community. It needs to be. It really ought to be clarified in the zoning ordinance that that definition is not. We're going to need to figure out some way to not be capturing every thing that says community well and it's permitting the health department as a as being governed by the zoning ordinance because because they they conflict. So okay. that simple change. I'm looking as a system. It's under well, it's under water and wastewater. There's water and under wastewater. The under W. Yeah, well, yeah, it's under W. Yeah. See right there. So water supply system community owned or operated by Loudon Water. Designed to serve small scale development, recommended by the zoning ordinance. Um, Does that help it because it defines it, it limits it? I think that the definition should, it should exclude. Should clarify that it's not including that the definition is not the same as the case. So somehow we need to get that clarified. What I'm concerned about is that somehow I'm doing this, I'm doing some type of application that hasn't been well. And a lot of commercial applications, anything in AR1 that's commercial, a lot of them are good. I shouldn't say any, many of them have community wells. They're permitted through the state, they're not permitted through the county. But they are called a community well, community water system. But um, but it talks, it speaks to where a community system is required by this zoning ordinance, not by the state. So I feel like it's it, it the chain will work because you have a district where it's going to require a community system, and then those requirements will. I feel like it works because <laughs> because it's it's talking about. Only where community systems required. So we would never even think to require a community system where it's not required in the zone. So we wouldn't be saying the brewery needs a community system because the zone isn't going to call for that. Zoning warrants, does it require us to meet health department requirements? And then the way it works is, and because we're going to get all this stuff. If you will. I'm saying I, yeah, I well, think there's potential. Yeah, we that simple it, word change, and I I do like that it matches the EDM now because the EDM has had yes, that for a long time. Um, but a, what was a communal system in Loudon zoning ordinance was a community system in Loudon Waters. Okay. Uh, Loudon Water doesn't get into the. They don't really care whether it's. You know, a if it's a private system, they're not worried about it because it's not theirs. Well. The only reason I'm saying hold the thought is about to get into some conflicting things. So we've got another conflict. So I want to hear your opinion after that conversation about okay. if that solves this. And if it doesn't, okay. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, and I have so many amazingly important questions to ask you guys about this. Send you something on this. Yeah, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna laugh. But um, so, anyway, so the term of the zone runs community. Um, 
kind of recommended that I should get rid of the things in parentheses. Okay, so instead of saying my gear, instead of changing communal to community and leaving formerly termed community and changing that to communal, he's like, would you just call it community? <laughs> just call it community. And I, I just wanted to run that by the group. There's a couple places where you can see it happens. And just, you know, that we're all in agreement that we're just, we're not going to be the formerly communal. We're just going to call it communities. Yeah. Okay. No, no formerly communal. So. Yeah, this is fine because it's specific to subdivisions. So. That sounds good. Concerns I'm talking about, it, it's not, it's not going to have subdivisions. We have commercial leases there. All right, so I think that was that was my main question. Um, but basically, you get that idea. I sent you a lot of pages, but all I really did was change from you know, in chapters two, three, six, and that one reference in eight. Now I don't know, Cody. You were concerned specifically about the one in eight. Copy um, a minimum to your maintenance contract if a community water or sewage disposal system is to be maintained by entity other than loud and water. I should scroll up. Are we only in subdivision flats here? This is 8103, which is, yeah, it should be flat subdivision or other miscellaneous flats. Okay, it's the other miscellaneous flats part because if I have an easement flat and we have a community well, that was my concern. If it's, if we're only only eliminating to a subdivision flat, I don't really care. It's, it's, I don't think there's the conflict up there. And I'm thinking that staff's not going to ask for it if you don't have a community well where required in the zoning district. But so we wouldn't ask you that. Documentation. No. That's just what I'm thinking. But, uh, so this this is the thing that doesn't well the original thing that stood out to me is I don't think enough community system if it's a subdivision the community system has to be maintained by loud water doesn't it <laughs> so so why do we need a maintenance contract for a community system that's not maintained by loud water do you think we just straight right right I think that whole paragraph could go away. Because so I can't go propose a new community system today for a subdivision that's not maintained by loud water. By definition, it is maintained by loud water. The zoning ordinance defines it as that. So, so putting yeah, Laura, I agree with Cody there. That 10 should be deleted. Not just subdivision blocks. It was subdivision plats and other miscellaneous plats. But what would A is plat requirements. What was C that it was under? You could go by super documentation. Or documents are appropriate. And C is final documents. Jason, are there any other scenarios where they you can have a feed documentation that's not Subdivision. Yeah, what are the miscellaneous plats? Hypothetical.
But yeah, I think from a zoning standpoint, the only way you get a community system is those AR districts through subdivisions that or by definition zoning where it says it is maintained quite a lot of water. So you'll we should never have a situation that triggers to Sorry about this, Cody. Must be operating maintained by level. Yeah, yeah. And then I think go to go to chapter, go to whatever the new uh, definitions chapter is. I think we may we're just looking at it. That defines it as op, owned and or operated by land water. So if it's a community system, it already is. So we won't have. A, it says one of the towns. Yeah, it can be owned and operated by a town. That's not a municipal. Oh, it says, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so if we're proposed, if there's a community system, it's owned and operated by, owned or operated by Latin Water. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the, the and then 10 just doesn't apply because it's already in there. Right. But what about so the problems of the community? I think something else has to be there because if you have a water and sewer system, that's I'll bring it with someone else. I have one at my house. I mean, there's private water systems on just about every lot in AR1. It's, but it's not a community system. And there is a community system in Aldi. There is an Aldi water district. It's not a municipality because Aldi is the town, but it's not allowed water. Okay, but that's that's an existing thing that's not subject to the FSM. Unless somebody tried to tap into it for new, right? Right, which I, I think this is applying to, this is only going to apply to new applications coming in. And we're, I was looking at it from the lens that we've got new zoning ordinance, we're changing the language. And I read through the definition of a community system and said, wait, the system is owned or operated, it's operated by lab water. And so, and just shouldn't apply. So, I right now Cody's recommending it. Jason agrees. I would like to check with somebody in BAD land subdivision on this, just okay. to make sure they're yep. reading it the same way. Um, because yeah. we know. <laughs> so just to just to you know verify, but I'm going to show this strength because that's our discussion. Uh, all right, are we good with? Utilities, should we move on? Let me show you what would be that. I think I think years ago there were some systems that weren't owned and operated by Loudon Water, like right. Portland Rural Village. Yeah. Loudon Water ended up taking that. Yeah, you know, that yeah. is their system yeah. now, but um, that's an example of where this would have applied uh, in years, you know, a long time ago, but I don't think it's relevant anymore. Jason's like, are you all finally going to agree with me? I told you 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good example that Portland used to be private now. Or okay. Nation Heights or whatever you tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. All good examples. Yeah. Um, okay, so item number two is the ordinary high watermark. And I have some notes on it. But I thought again that would be easier if I go to the project next. 
So this was a question that Kevin had in the original PRC referral matrix, and it was basically as ordinary high watermark defined. Um, and there is a definition in the zoning ordinance, so I've included it here. Um, and it's a term familiar to many of us because of wetland delineations and the ordinary watermark delineates the strain boundary. So there is a definition. Um, it's the line on the shore established by fluctuations of water and indicated by physical characteristics such as clear natural, a clear natural line impressed on the bank, shelving, changes in the character of soil, destruction of terrestrial vegetation, the presence of litter and debris, or other appropriate means that consider the characteristics of the surrounding areas. And then this is just an example of where like you would see it appear in the ordinance in the table about the you know the different widths for the river quarter buffer. In the footnote two here, it talks about width supply along the entire length of and are measured outward from the ordinary high water mark of river streams and other water bodies. So I asked Kevin about this and he was like, no, this satisfies the his comment. Uh, but I wanted to present it to the group, make sure we all agree it's it's the All right, so we are back to the last one which um, is an interesting one, and I think this will relate to the conversation that we just had, Cody, about the community systems. Uh, and it was geotechnical studies started, okay, as geotechnical studies, and it became a little bit larger because the text in, um, in the zoning ordinance speaks to um, when you're talking about steep slope standards or standards in the river drain corridor, it talks about um, an exemption basically for CTP roads, public water, utility, drinking water supply, reservoirs, and quarries don't have to comply with the table below. Okay, so when we scroll down, at first we noticed, well, here's a reference to the FSM, got our attention. Don't have to have a geotechnical study, um, but they do. <laughs> Those types, of, those types of public roads do need a geotechnical study for the FSM. So, you know, we start asking ourselves, do we amend the FSM to be consistent with the zoning work? So no, we don't do that. That's not right. Um, but then we start looking at really other obvious things in this chart that apply to CTP roads, like stormwater management, erosion of sediment control. <laughs> this table is um, clearly a concern because it's saying, once my CTP road hits the stream corridor or steep slope, I don't have to meet any of the requirements, which is obviously not true. So um, I did a little bit more research and I started wondering about conflicting provisions. And I did find this nugget in 102I of the draft zoning ordinance, and it does speak to this. It says, uh, whenever any provision uh, of any commonwealth or federal statute or other county ordinance or regulation imposes a greater requirement, um, jumping ahead, the provision shall govern. So whoever has the greater requirement will govern. So even though this text looked like it was relieving people of the requirement in the episode to do geotechnical studies, um, it really wouldn't because it would be deemed a conflicting provision. So I ran this over by DPC. You know, we sent an email over and said, and 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 it really wasn't something that they could explain um, in terms of, you know, how this happened. But they did agree the conflicting provisions text would ensure that the FSM standards applied, and they were going to let the zoning administrator know. 
uh, this potential conflict. So I feel like we've done our part. You know what I mean? We've we identified a conflict. It wasn't appropriate to, to amend FSM to marry up with this, and we notified them. So uh, one question that keeps coming up is, what is the status of the FSM? Some people say it's a it's part of the ordinance, therefore a, a statute. Other people say that it's a handbook guide. No, it's a regulation. I know we say that, but other people don't think that that's. It's a little bit confusing for me. It's part of the LSDO, so it's part of the subdivision ordinance. It's not part of the zoning ordinance. Okay. But so does I think that that's where something. Ordinance or not? It is technically part of the subdivision ordinance. So it's an ordinance. Yeah. That's a lot of people tell you it's not. It's just. Hey, sir, am I saying this right? Yes, you're correct. Okay. I was waiting for it to like. Can, you know. can we say that in the FSM somewhere? I don't think we say it in the FSM. Oh, it does. It does say it? I thought it was just in the LSDO, Jason. Is oh, I'm sorry. No, you're right. It says it in the LSDO. You just say it so people don't get confused. Should we be saying it in the FSM, Jason, is the question. So should we look at that? Consider adding text to the FSM to make sure people understand it's a part of it's it. It's an actual ordinance. It has to be followed. Um, because there's things in there that are requirements that people have set up. We don't have to follow that requirement. Yeah, the uh, section is 1241.02 of the LSDO. Um, I suppose you could put something in there. I think it depends on, on the language. Are you proposing putting it in the LSDO or putting it in the FSM? No, it's already in the LSDO. Okay. So scope or authority of the ordinance? Yeah, in, the, in this general section, in the introduction, it just says this is the FSM. It doesn't say which is part of the LSDO. Well, I, I would say it is an ordinance. Is considered. I mean, it says that the third variant is land development applications for record class, signage class, season class shall be subject to the version of the facility tickets being a lot of such compliance. We can work with Jason on it. We can take a look at it. Specifically, where we had a discussion about uh, the uh, hydro. Geo studies people telling us that the FSM didn't didn't have to be followed. The hydro geo study, correct? I mean, it's been a while since we looked at that. That might be one of those sections where all we do is make recommendations or something like that. Or yes. you have to do a hydro geo study, but there's no like teeth at the end. There's uh, there's specific requirements that. For instance, you have 10 or more, you have to do a hydro study. Yeah, but I think what I'm saying is like there's no teeth that says, you know, if your hydro geo study indicates something amiss, then you can't do it. I would just recall that there was some issue with that. 
So maybe that that's what they meant. I don't know. They they actually didn't follow the suggested uh, method that was in the in the ordinance. So I think John, this is something I could circle up with Jason yeah. and maybe Kevin and Joe. It's just been a yeah. It's been a thorn in my side for years. People don't have the. I've, I've heard from land use lawyers that it's not a That's a guy. That I don't. I don't. Really think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. All right. So, um, Cody, did that help any? That conflicting provisions text that we looked at and all. Did that help any with your concern? Or do you feel like we should still send a note to? Uh, do you still feel like we should send something? Send a note. Only read me. Started with the chapter eight and the concern, but if we, if we fix that, then I might not have the same. Concern. Okay. Okay. Um, I just want to circle back. Um, then you'll just see only if there's an issue. Yeah, this. It's troublesome sometimes when the, when we have defined something to be something different than is defined by law in the state for the same thing. And there's overlap, so, yeah, but they're not um, they're not exactly the same thing. So that's a good concern. Okay. All right. So we um, get where we are. It is 4.30 and we have literally made it through our entire major. So I say that, and I say that with the caveat that there are a couple things in there that were referred to the Natural Resources Division for treaties, right? So they're coming. So I, when I send out the updated matrix, I'll tell you which ones we're done with and which ones are still pending. But as far as what we had to do with seven, I have to present to you to address those. We are done. Um, but we have some time left. <laughs> So in the time left, I have something I have been working on pertaining to lighting. Um, I don't think it's super complicated. It's an overflow item that I have there in case we finished early. So but it's up to you all and Elizabeth, you too, as our acting chair. Do we want to keep going here at 430? What's the sense of the room? Can we keep going? Sit up. Nobody ran. Screaming for the door. <laughs> but now we want to know what I have to say about lighting, right? Yeah. Like I hooked you. I hooked you. See, that was that was the strategy is to hook you. Um, so I can pull up the lighting. I mean, honestly, I'm at a point where I would like the feedback because I, I could just keep sitting there by myself and it's just I'm not gonna get anywhere. <laughs> so I think this one's ready. Um say that, but now I have to pull up the zone warrant text. So I can show you what, what is happening there. Make noise and vibration, 705. So Zeb really started the work on this. I don't think the lady was in the game. But um, he read through this section and was looking for are there things that we need to address in the episode for light and glare? 
And just kind of if you look at the standards, I'm showing a quick, quick gloss over this. But, um, there are uh, requirements in the zoning orders for lighting, and but there are some interesting facets here too. There is this exemption for street lighting along public or private roads in accordance with the FSM for the purpose of eliminating roads and not areas outside of roads. So that was one thing that I thought was very interesting. The other thing that kind of caught my eye, I mean, a lot of this is familiar, right? Lighting fixtures have to be full, cut off, um, shielded. I mean, like some of the stuff is already done, so. Um, but here, here's some interesting things <laughs> that came, came out of this new zoning word. So one is the maximum illumination which is lighting must not cause illumination in excess of 0.25 foot candles above background light levels measured at the lot line on the edges the lot or road right away. And the photometric plan, which is all applications to permit outdoor lighting must submit a photometric plan to document maximum illumination. Um, and there are some things like height limits in here. Um, I'm not sure that we found any conflicts with FSM text, but this is sort of the initial overview. There's rec and athletic field standards. Method, you know, special so to me the big one was this, you know, that you have to spend a plan and there's a standard. So, but anyway, so long story short, I pulled up the lighting text and started working my way through it and trying to figure out what could we possibly need to amend. Um, uh, so the first thing I thought was in the general requirements under 7110, I should mention the photometric plan. So I said, um, this refers to construction plans and site plans. And so I said, plan should also include a photometric plan certified by a licensed lighting engineer. And I got that from another ordinance, and I'm having a time getting my stuff on the screen here. Um, I, I took that from Prince William County's zoning ordinance, okay, because they talk about who has to prepare it. That's usually something we try to address with FSM. They also talked about the plan used to be current less than 30 days old. Um, we had hesitation about that. Um, so that the lighting's going to change if it's 31 days old? That was, you just made your point. Oh, so, that, so, that, so we talked about it, but we said we'd bring it to you all. Um, I, I know that you also mentioned like what happens if you submit it and then your plan's not approved in 30 days and it becomes more than 30 days. I, I would think that would be at the time of submission, but. Um, but yeah, well, I think there's a lighting license, lighting engineer. Yeah. It should just be a qualified professional because, I mean, like, Okay. Most of us could probably do photometric. We may not choose to, but we can. It's not hard. See, this is what happens when it's in there when we stop and set That's what we need to know. Okay. Yeah, I think the 30 day thing is, I mean, that's not necessary. It's not necessary. We don't do that for other plants, right? And most of the time, it's the MEP. The MEP is providing it from a commercial budget. It's mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Engineer. So, 
Yeah. Not always then. He times it's trapped into that or the landscape architects or sometimes the architecture firm. Yeah, lighting. It's whoever has a lighting designer, but I had the actual lighting manufacturer. Yeah, most time today, yeah. Yeah. Like especially athletic bill lighting. Okay. All right. So and then, I, you know, there's the question of how much of the zoning ordinance do you put in the FSM? And I, we talked about it. We chose not to do that. We chose to just basically to say you have to meet the zoning ordinance at the moment. Because, you know, we start talking about, oh, this just says we'll cut off fully shielded and the language in the zoning ordinance. So, I mean, you could just go right down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so, we just didn't want to do that. And I just put the cross reference to you have to be in accordance with the zoning ordinance and the following. There's. So, that hopefully took care of that. I deleted PDCB. This was so fascinating to me, and maybe everybody in the room knew this but me, <laughs> but I did not realize that the new ordinance, the new zone ordinance, is going to replace the revised 93 and the 93. It was news to me. So um, I was trying to find PDCB because we were thinking it was an set about this, that this was not the new zoning ordinance. <laughs> and so I started digging for it, and the only place I could find it was in the 93, and it seems like it's going to be. Yes, so I think we can delete it. But, but not, okay. Isn't the only place that the 93, it, isn't the only place the 93 even like is a thing anymore is in the RAP 28 text? No, that, that will stay the same. That, that will stay. So where, where, where was the 93? The like, 90, well, if you. If there's you, a few pockets. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to let Cody answer. Cody's going to go better. I mean, the resolution for the adoption of the 93 revised spoke to the fact that the 93 applied um, if, if, this, if, it, if it wasn't basically replaced. The standard wasn't replaced. If there was a standard that wasn't replaced, then those standards applied. The way this was explained to me by staff was that people could have rezoned to PDCB, but nobody did. Right. So it was it, it was basically moved. So I found that fascinating. Maybe you guys are fascinated by that. So I, <laughs> I just realized that. Um, so Deb recommended that I change townhouse to single family attached here, and that is consistent with the language used in this section. It makes sense to make that change. So I changed that section. Um, and then I got into this section and um, I got really confused very quickly because you have street lighting and this talks, A, A1 talks about lighting at intersections, specifically intersections. And then you would be site lighting, and, but the table was standard street lighting spacing. And I just thought that can't be right. This is like a sidewalk thing that jumped out at me. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me we're gonna write the whole section, but we're not, it's just, I checked with Joe and he said, no, that should be side lighting. This is um, this is not street lighting. This is like parking lot lighting. That's the way it was explained to me. It's not parking lot lighting. Oh, that's street lighting. That's street lighting. Like acorn lights. Yes. That is exactly street lighting. Street lighting. Yeah. This is supposed to be street lighting. Yeah. So we're wrong. This is like on the this is like on the townhouse streets. Spacing yeah, it says at the top, it's the same family attached multi family. So 
So this uh, is street lighting. Yes, that is. Why does it say site lighting then? Why isn't this just two? Help me. Why isn't this just A, two? Uh, okay, I gotta get out of this tangle somehow. But then Zeb pointed out, did you use this for parking? Well, look at a townhouse development. Probably the same light poles. Yeah, go up a little bit there. If there's a just one subcategory, there shouldn't be a subcategory. It's, it's kind of two different things. Though. So you can tell me it's fine. Well, it maybe it doesn't take time and end up with the street lighting, but the stuff, the rest of the stuff in site lighting is not street lighting. Correct. Right. So, like table one from the wrong spot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe table one needs to be under A1. But that's I mean, the top note B1, the first sentence says, in accordance with the table below. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that whole paragraph and table needs to move up. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to try to make this easy and I'm going to move this down. I think that's easy. Yeah, because it used to. So that first paragraph was applied to public streets, too. So you do a subdivision. Unless you were in AR1, you had to put a street light at every every intersection. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. okay. Every intersection. And then if you're private streets, then you did that other one. Probably under street light. You just want to renumber that, right? I'm trying. Oh my gosh. If you right, if you right click it, the number. Oh, you set numbers. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. I have to show it as a change. Right? But if it, if are you tracking changes? Yeah. So if you if you right click it and you manually set the. Um, we'll show it. It should show. Are you kidding me? Set it to two. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, why? Nobody ever teach me this. Nobody ever taught me either. Just to, I, I just you know, punch these software programs in the face until they do what I want them to do. So that would be launch and then two and then table one and then this would be site lighting. Is, is site lighting just this one thing? Yeah. So I don't need a number. And that just broke that. <laughs> this was two. Okay, let me do that now. You don't have to watch me toil with this. I can just make it a one right here, like easy. Just trying to show it that that's going to, is it going to be a one or was it going to get rid of it? I would say we get rid of it. There's that whole discussion about if you don't have a two, why do you have a one? Right? right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that really it. Yeah. That was really the extent of my changes. Um, you know, you get into, we do have some heights in here for the street lighting, but it specifically is the ones have that exemption, the street lighting. So, I, you know, we went, oh, no, we have to get consistent. <laughs> no, we don't have to get those. We're exempt. Yes. What was the zoning ordinance requirement as compared to the zone requirement? You showed like a minimum or maximum on a lot. 
Existing language, right? This is existing. They always have the 0.25 of the property line and the zoning ordinance also. Did they used to have that? I think they had that. Oh, really? Yeah. I can check that. I don't know. Yeah. The 0.25 has been in there. Yeah. Oh, it's been in there? So yeah. yeah. these are things that have been there that are not okay. public. Okay. okay. I mean, they do seem I, I, I'm taking the 0.6 is within where the customer would be, right? right. As opposed to at the property line. Yeah, it's probably 1504A. Yeah, I mean, your last light has to be somewhere. So, you know, just back it out there. So, so, so you've been able to make it where it doesn't conflict. The, the, the parking space would have a 0.6, but the property line would be 0.25. Okay. Something that, yeah, we designed to, and I don't think it's been a problem. So I'm hoping, like I read it, I'm hoping I read it right, and I don't know that the photometric plan is an issue because I guess we've been spending time, and then we get them. So we're just. Well, how else do you prove? I didn't. I, I didn't. So I didn't find many changes. We had like five things identified, right? But potential. But I, I just didn't find much. Um, do you want me to send this out so you all can peruse it? Let's see it already done with it. It's like, don't send that to me. No, <laughs> Nobody's begging me to send it. <laughs> all right, so we're okay with the lighting text. Okay, now we are down to 11 minutes. And if we're going to go into overflow, I have to throw it over to them for more overflow. Or if you feel like you've done more than enough, I think we've done more than enough. <laughs> you adjourned the meeting. I adjourned the meeting. <laughs>